Welcome back to another season of All in the Library, where two librarians talk about lots of our favorite books. And this season, we have a lot of authors lined up. So welcome my co-host, Debbie Sewell. It's so nice to be back. I'm Debbie Sewell, a high school librarian. And I'm Leslie Nicholson, your other host. And this is season two of All in the Library. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing author Lisa Phipps. She has written the book Starfish, which has gotten a lot of acclaim. It's a very body positive book and has really um, taken a lot of uh, the world by storm. Um, people are just absolutely loving that book. And she sat down with me and we got to chat. So let's just take a listen. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, that's the John Shue way, right? Hi, right? A round of applause, yeah. <laughs> so excited to have you. Um, so without any further ado, I am, let's dig in, let's get ready. I just sure. might as well, let's just start asking these questions. Um, so tell me, um, just tell me a little bit about being a journalist. Where did you work? I'm, I'm interested in that. Tell me about it. Well, um, I worked in a lot of places. I was a journalist here in Indiana, and then I was one also in Texas. I lived in Irving and worked in Dallas. And then I also did freelance work. Um, so I did that for all kinds of companies across the country. And so it was just a variety of things. So I was a writer, editor, and managing editor over several years. <laughs> so did you... But did you go to college to, with a, what did you, what was your degree? Did you? Journalism. And journalism. Okay. Yep. So, Ball State University. Chirp, chirp. Were you thinking all along, okay, I really, do you, have you always wanted to have this book in mind? Like, uh, you know, I'm going to, I want to, I want to write books. This is what I want to do. Right. You know, great, great that I've got this journalism degree because now it's going to help me do that. Tell me about that. Yeah, so when I was little, I used to sit under the Rose of Sharon tree in my backyard and I would write, draw, read, and listen to music. So I have been an arts girl from the beginning. And um, I thought I would, what I really wanted to do was to um, illustrate and write children's books. And so I really focused on my write, my, my art. I was um, in like all the advanced art classes and I took private art lessons and all that. And But I wrote all the time too, but my creative writing, I kept all to myself. And so then I was a sophomore in high school and I didn't like my art teacher. <laughs> uh, we clashed in a big way. And I, I grew up in a rural area as in Behind my backyard was a cornfield, and behind that was a cornfield, and behind that was a cornfield. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of place in Indiana. Think Stranger Things, right? You know, it's there's a reason it's set in Indiana. But anyway, so um, and and so we only had one one art teacher. So if you didn't like, yeah. you know, j jive, you didn't like, it wasn't gonna work. So I uh, was talking to my friends about it, and they were like, "Oh, take this creative writing class with us." And so I took this creative writing class and the first assignment was to write a poem. And um, the teacher was trying to get us all published. So she entered all of our poems into this contest to Indiana University and mine won something. I don't know what it was. And so um, my guidance counselor called me in, you know, and you always kind of get like a little spooked when that happens. Right? <laughs> but um, 
And she was like, you know, Lisa, we've always known that you're really good at art, but we think you're even better at writing. And so we're trying to encourage you to consider a track in writing. And we think, you know, and what do you, would you would you like that? And I'm like, yeah, I actually want to like, you know, um, illustrate and write books. And she was just like, oh, but you can't do that. Not now. You're like 17 going on 18. You can't do that. And that's the worst career advice I've ever been given, by the way. And I want to encourage any student who ever watches this to know if you are 17 and you want to try to open your own store or have your own Etsy shop or whatever you want to do, do it. Do not let your age keep you from doing what you want to do. And so, because I really, I really, if looking back, I wish I would have just started writing books then, right? And got into that then. But they said, you know, go into journalism because lots of really famous authors have been journalists first. I mean, Mark Twain, you know, um, um, Ernest Hemingway, I mean, tons of them. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went into journalism and actually, you know, I did learn a lot and it did help my writing career a lot because I learned how to write without having to, um, you know, some people when they write, they have to kind of be in the mood to write. You can't do that as a journalist on deadlines. So I can sit down and just write. You know, a lot of my writer friends, when they have writer's blocks, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't get that because of my past. And plus, I I did, I wrote over 6,000 articles in my career. So I interviewed a lot of people because normally each, inter each article you talk to three to five people. And so, I mean, I, I got a lot of character ideas and a lot of, you know, mannerism ideas. And, and I understand, I really developed an ear for dialogue. And so, um, it actually paid off in the long run, but that's kind of how, but my goal has always been to be a full-time author. So I'm working toward that still. So then with that in mind, my, I have a question for you then. Sure. Um, so what advice would you give a writer who would be working on their first book? What would you tell them? This is going to be very simple, but it's the most difficult thing to do. And that is to write. Because everybody talks about wanting to be a writer and everybody talks about wanting to write a book, but they never sit down and write. And until you get it down, until you actually do it, you, you haven't done it and you can't do anything with that, right? I mean, you can always edit and revise and change, but until you have it out, you can't, you can't do it. And so I always tell people, I have a, um, a wooden, it looks like it's about the size of a dinner plate, but it's a wooden button and I painted it orange because orange is my favorite color. And it's by my desk where I write and it reminds me to keep my butt on the chair and write because you'll never be a writer unless you write. And that's a discipline. It really is a discipline to write and to be able to sit down and crank out like, you know, 100 words, 50 words, 75 words. And, and a lot of people think, oh, that's not much. But if you do 50 words a day, at the end of the week, you have 350 at the end of the month, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's math, so I'm not gonna tell you. I don't do math, but I get it. I understand. It's a lot, it's a lot. <laughs> and I tend to write in what I call marathon sessions, but that's, again, only because of my past. You know, I used to write eight hours a day. So like I, and since I have a day job, I come home from work and I write like four or five hours a day. And then on the weekends, I write anywhere from eight to 12 hours a day. Oh my gosh. 
I know, but you got to remember, I did that for a living for a long time, so it's not unusual to me. So, how long has it been, I guess, for you to come up with this idea for Starfish? You know, really, um, when I was a little girl, I was always in the library too, by the way. I mean, I am a library junkie and a scholastic book fair junkie. I mean, <laughs> a, a total junkie. And so... Um, I would go to the library, the public library, the school library, every chance I got. And I was always looking for a book about a girl like me who was fat, who was being bullied, who had all these emotions and didn't know how to deal with it all. And I was really hoping that if I found it, it would also say, and you're okay just the way you are. And so every time I went to a book fair, every time I went to um, a library, the public or the elementary, it, it wasn't there. And so that made me feel even like more different and more other and more alone. And so um, when I decided, okay, it's time to get going on writing my books, I thought, well, what book, what is, what is your first book, right? Because you really want your first book to really be special because, you know, if it doesn't do well, then there's not going to be a second book. So you want it to be something that you really care about. And I thought, okay what do I care about? And I thought about that book I needed when I was a kid and I looked around and it still didn't exist because I really thought it did. I figured someone had written something like Starfish before. Mm -hmm. And when I found that it wasn't out there, I was like, well, there it is. That's the book I have to write. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, how do I approach this? And that's when um, Ellie and all the characters started coming to me. So I, I see it as it's Ellie's story, but I use my emotions and my experiences to tell her story. How do you, you know, I've always wondered, you know, most librarians, most people, we, we think we, we, we're going to be authors or we look because we love books so much. I've always thought, okay, well, I'm, I do exactly what you thought, right? I, I think about writing books, but I don't sit down and write them. But I wonder about the names. Like, how do you finally decide this is your character name? This is, these are the people, these are the names I'm going to name these people. That is the hardest part for me. I, I know my author friend, I have some author friends and that is like their like forte. For me, it's always like pounding my head against the wall thinking, what am I gonna name these people? But what, it's getting bitter, right? Like I'm on, I'm writing some other books right now and it's much easier because I don't know why, I think it's just experience, but I really want the characters to have some kind of reason for their name. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't just randomly pick names. so. When Eliana's name came to me first, and um, and I think really <laughs> one of my tricks is I I do two two things really, um, well two main things. One is I look at baby books like baby name books, yeah. and I'm looking for the meanings, mm -hmm. right? I'm looking for the meanings, and um, you know Eliana is part Jewish, and so I wanted something Hebrew. And so Eliana is Hebrew for God has answered. And I thought, okay, you know, this to me is sort of, she is like internally crying out about what's going on. And, you know, I mean, whether you see it as God or the universe or whatever, it feels like those cries got heard. Mm -hmm. And so that was really important for me. And then um, Anais came to me because um, I love French. I'm part French. <laughs> So it's, it's one of my, I love that name. Um, and so, and then um, Liam, 
Liam came because uh, the other thing that I do is I go through the Social Security. Social Security um, has like an index of the most popular names by year. Mm -hmm. And so like you'll see the top, you can sort it by the top 10, top 100, top 500, whatever. And by sex, uh, they only have two genders currently. Um, but it's like, I was like, oh, Liam, yep, that makes sense. You know what I mean? And it seemed to fit his personality too. And then I also name people after people I care about. So like uh, Mrs. Poshan, the librarian, was actually the name of my real elementary school librarian. That's um, cool. Yeah, and then um, the dad was named after a really amazing guy. Um, he was sort of a counselor to me and he was from the Panhandle, uh, Phil Montgomery. So that's how she got her last name. So it just, it's a combination of things, but sometimes it comes by personality. Like there was this, and sometimes the name just comes when the character starts coming to me, they come with their name. I'm liking that a lot better. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the hardest part for me, really. <clears throat> well, you know, I think about right now in, in where we are, there's so many um, movies and TV shows being made out of amazing books. Like I was watching, I know that I think um, I was that the summer I turned pretty came out this summer and then the um, paper girls came out, which was a graphic novel. And I'm just thinking, so what if they made starfish into a book, who would you see possibly as would you cast as, as your characters? Who would be your Liam? Maybe who would be, who would be Ellie? Who might be Catalina? Any thoughts on that? Boy, they. I know. You know the the only problem with the, the child characters like Liam and and um, Ellie is because like by the time they made it, the kids that I might know of from current Hollywood would be aged out, right? Uh -huh. Um, but definitely the dad has to have gray hair, uh -huh. like just like a head full of gray hair because Phil Montgomery did, you know, he aged, he got gray hair like age 30. You know what I mean? He was one yeah. of those that got totally white. It was like a really white hair. And so, I don't know, you think like, um, I don't know, I mean, but you know, at the same time, I could see like Matthew McConaughey being the dad. Mm -hmm. You know, even without the gray hair, I could, I could picture it because of his Texas twang. Yeah, it would definitely have to be someone who could do a Texas twang because I can't, and I love a Texas twang, but I can't, I can't imitate. <laughs> he does it have the Texas twang. He's oh yeah, him. oh yeah, I love it. I lo that's one of the things I loved when I lived in Texas was hearing people with their Texas twang. Did you ever think of like, do you have a, a mental image when you're thinking of your character and you're putting them in the book? Are you? Do you have like, is it a? Do you think of a person? Do you think of a of a of a movie star when you're writing these? or like obviously real people in your life. Right, now I actually see them. Like, okay, so how how characters come to me is a little different. And um, so if you think of like a Marvel movie, tra this is how I explain it to kids. If you think of like a Marvel movie trailer and where you get like this video clip snippet and you'll either get like a character study where you know that Thor is is like an awesome guy, or you learn that like Thanos is like bad, bad news. Or you get like a scene where you see the humor like between Hulk and Loki, you know? Um, or you see an action shot of Iron Man doing something, okay? 
So that's what I get in my head. I get like these video clips of like Ellie swimming in the pool with Catalina or um, sitting in her room and, you know, while she's like writing and doodling and, and Catalina strumming her guitar, I see them. And so I can, and they actually, I can actually see their faces. Like oh. if I had to sketch them out, I might do a halfway good job. It's been a long time since I did portraits. Portraits are a little hard, but um, they come to me like that. The only ones that I insert like my own image from my head is if I start naming them after. So like when I, <clears throat> when I would talk about her dad, I would see Phil Montgomery there, mm -hmm. right? But for but if it's a character that just comes to me, comes to me, and it's not named after someone, that's how it is. And it's so vivid in my head. Like, that's really I, yeah, I can just, and I don't know where that comes from. I really don't. But I really, um, I, I was kind of afraid to explain that process to people be going like, that's a little loopy, right? That's a little banana. And then I was telling my editor, Nancy Polson, who's a genius, by the way, I always tell people that. Um, but, because she, she really is. Um, but she was telling me that Linda Mullally Hunt from Fish in a Tree does it the same way. She gets those video clips too. So I'm finding more authors do that. So it might not be, it might be just an author thing. I don't know. I don't know. I know, I will tell you, I, I think there's a, on TikTok, you can find people that they take a book and they'll they'll go pull out images and, and videos of other people that they think would be, mm -hmm. you know, image that would of be those cool. characters. So it's kind of, I think it is kind of a thing now that you say that. So people coming up with those things in their mind. Um, all right, so tell us, what are you working on next? Uh, well, book two, I'm editing now the revisions for that. Um, so you are doing a second book. I did get that question from a kid. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to know, is there a second yeah. too? Yeah, I um, have a book two coming out with Nancy. I can't remember the dates. I'm so bad with numbers, you guys. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm a writer, but numbers like do not stick in my head at all. Um, but we're doing revisions right now. But it, it the central themes are, for it are um, poverty and children who raise themselves, which as teachers and librarians, you see that a lot. Yeah. And a lot of kids are in that position. I understand that completely. Um, yeah. Well. Let, let me go ahead and ask you some of the questions that came from the readers. Okay. So, um, of course, they want to know what the inspiration behind Starfish is. That was yeah. one of the, the ones that kids came up with. So tell me. Yeah, that's what happened to me, really. And um, so all the poems in here, <clears throat> like the chair incident and the restaurant incident, those all of those things happened to me. And... Um, I changed little tiny details just to make it fit Ellie's life, but they all happened to me. Um, the only one that didn't quite happen to me, the, the way it's in the book is the cake scene because everybody wants to know if that's true. And so I kind of combined a couple of things to make that true. One of which was people have always done this really weird thing with me where um, whether they were trying to kind of woo me, you know, as like a new friend, or if they were trying to apologize or whatever, they would give me food. And I think it was like, oh, she's fat. That's what she will want. This will make her happy. This is how she becomes friends with people. And I'm like, no, I'm like any other human. You just talk to me and get to know me, right? And so it was always offensive to me. For some reason, it was like really offensive to me. I had like, for example, a friend in high school 
and she wanted me to go um, out shopping with her for, um, I don't remember what, but she was just like, I'll take you for a cheeseburger. And I was like, first of all, okay. Then I would, I didn't go because I was mad because I was like, I would have gone, you're my friend. I would have gone shopping with you. I love to shop. Don't, but don't do that. That's like offensive, right? Mm-hmm. So I added that, I took that concept and then the fact that <laughs> this is a little weird, but it's true. And I'm very honest whenever I do school visits, so this is the truth. Um, and the part about kidnapping Gigi was based on the fact that I had a boyfriend, um, my one of my, <laughs> in Texas. And, you know, we, we argued, which, you know, happened. And he threatened to kidnap my dog. Of course, I broke up with him, right? But just the thought of losing Gigi was like terrifying to me. And the fact that he would even think that was terrifying to me, quite frankly, I was like, who are you? I know. Um, but anyway, so I kind of combined those two. And by the way, this is the real Gigi. <laughs> I know, I isn't she awesome? She was oh. the best pig ever. I adopted her when I lived in Texas. She was a rescue. And I had her for almost 14 years before she passed away. But I, she was the best dog. And, and I lived like, about three miles from DFW airport. And so um, whenever I would take her take her out for a walk, she never, ever chased a car, but she chased every plane in the sky because they were so low, you know, I mean, she really noticed it. And she would like, she would look up and she'd start barking and running, you know? And I'm like, baby, you're embarrassing yourself because you know, <laughs> they're going what, 300 miles an hour? And one time it was so super foggy. I think that the only reason planes were landing was because they were kind of stuck in the air and had to come in because it's like this fog just kind of swept in. And they went extra, extra low to where like I could see the colors of the sweaters that people were wearing. Oh my God. And they looked down at her and they just started laughing. I'm like, baby, you're laughing at you, honey, you know? But yeah, it was this, she was the funnest dog oh, ever. Oh man. Right? That's, I can't, you know, that when you find, dogs like that and that they they were rescues yeah yeah she was a rescue she was so sweet (laughs) well let's see um another one that i have from our readers was would you ever write a story just with catalina on her and her family you know people ask me that a lot and i i say no and the reason why is i truly believe in own voices right and um, I would not have wanted anyone to try to write Starfish who had who wasn't fat and who had never been fat. Because you, how can you write the fat experience if you've never been fat and be authentic? Understandable. And although my grandmother was an immigrant, I am not an immigrant. And so I feel like, um, you know, that there are so many talented authors who have had that life experience that it, that, that really should be theirs. However, the one that that people kind of seem like I should maybe write about is Viv, because Viv is very similar to to Ellie, mm-hmm. right? In that she's fat and stuff, but she had the opposite because she had such a supportive family. So I don't know. Yeah, people like keep that. asking me to write a sequel, and I'm like, hmm, what would I write it about? So I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, wait. So there's not a starfish too. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I think my second book is a total different. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yes, I did have the question if you were writing another second, if you were writing. But if you think about it, if you think about it, it's kind of like what might have been similar to enemy number three story because he was poor. Mm -hmm. So I could see this as sort of along that line, but I don't have enemy three in mind when I write it. I really have appreciated you taking the time and telling us about, um, I was trying to make sure that what we talked about wasn't things that you could just go and find on the internet when they Google your book. I wanted to to get into a little bit of different things. So I kind of, I appreciate you going sure. because I love your stories. Thank that, you. Yeah, I completely get why you um, are, you know, an amazing storyteller, you're captivating. So thank you. So that was our interview with Lisa Phipps. You can also watch it on video on the Spirit of Texas um, website. You can just title type in, in Google reading list for Spirit of Texas and you'll be able to find all the different books that have been nominated this past year, um, the upcoming nominations that we have in, in the works and um, you'll find different resources um, we do have the highlighted one for Lisa Phipps that is running for the month, I believe, of August, um, September. I'm sorry, for September. Well, so I think that everyone out. should read Starfish. I think it's it, an amazing body positive book. And everyone well, we do read. have one of our schools that is doing it as an all school campus read. So, um, oh, that's I think amazing. That was, exactly. I think that is uh, it, it, fantastic. Um, but yes, yeah, so that was our. Um, our interview with uh, Lisa Phipps. So um, now we get to our favorite part as well. Um, one that we have to prepare for. <laughs> it is our lightning round. And um, in this lightning round, we're going to start with Debbie. Okay. And I am going to get my timer ready. She has 60 seconds on the clock to book talk as fast as she can, as many books as she can. And we always do include um a link to the different top the different books that we talk about all right miss debbie are you ready i am ready all right let's see i did not actually put 30 seconds now we're getting 60 seconds get 60 it's seconds. a minute okay hey, all right all right all right here we go and start Insignificant events in the life of a cactus grade through the seven by Dusty Bowling. Love this about Avon Green, who was born without arms. It's a wonderful story set in the Southwest. Anatomy, a love story. Reese's YA book club pick by Dana Schwartz. Um, it's Edinburgh, 1817. There's a, a, a lady who wants to be a doctor, but she can't be. And she runs into a resurrection man who digs up bodies. It's a great story. Donuts and other proclamations of love, grade seven to nine by Jared Reck. It's a high school senior, Oscar, who loves to cook. Everyone thinks he's not doing so well, but just read the book and find out what he and the class valedictorian end up doing. The Lightning Thief, it's a Percy Jackson, the very first one, grades five to eight, boys love this. And Percy Jackson is a good kid, but he has a lot of problems, but he doesn't know that he's part God. He's part of Poseidon's son. And he has to go to the special school to protect himself. And he has to find the, the lightning bolt to save the world. Uh, 14 ways to die. Ah, oh, there you go. Oh, how many did I get this time? Oh, you wanted me to count them? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm so out. sorry. One, two, three. I got three, almost four. So, hey, that was pretty hey, good. Hey, that's good fantastic. Start season, our second season. I like it, I like it. All right. You want me okay. to put the timer on or you got it? I can do it. Um, Cause I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, on your mark, get set, go. 
First one up is When You Trap a Tiger by Tay Keller. So Lily, she has her grandmother. It's her, they call it a Helmani. Helmani, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Um, but she's stolen something. Um, it's, it's something important. And she's stolen it from someone um, very unusual, a large talking tiger. Um, this is the trickster from Halmoni's stories. And now her grandmother, Halmoni, is acting weird. And it could be an illness, could be a curse. So when this tiger takes and offers to cure her for the return of what's been stolen, Lily has to decide if she can make a deal with the tiger. Um, Cub by Cynthia Copeland is a graphic novel. So you have her little internship. Cindy is the main character. She's an intern um, as a cub reporter for a local newspaper, and she is forced to come out of her shell because she's really quiet. So she goes from being this junior high school girl who's really quiet, becomes bold, a young journalist, searching for the scoop and an upbeat and empowering self-autobiography novel. I only got into... But hey, they sounded really interesting to me, both of them. And yeah. you use a lot of inflection, so it may seem... Do I use inflection? Thank you. you Thank great you. inflection. Thank you. I, I do type <laughs> out my um, what I'm going to say and try to stick to what I've written now, but, you know, I do go off script sometimes. Stay tuned for our next episode of All in the Library, where we get to sit down and interview Barsha Bajaj. She is, talks to us and tells us some wonderful things about some new books. And don't forget, put down that phone and pick up a book. Definitely. Happy reading. Have a great day. Bye.